Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. Hello everybody and welcome to the next episode of Two Slips and a Gully. I'm, it's just a duet tonight. I'm joined here by Glenn. Hello. It's no Gary tonight. Uh, haven't, I'm not sure what's going He's on. He's MIA. MIA. Um, but the show must go on. Yeah, he may burst in at some point. Who knows? Yeah. Dramatically. I'll have the, Yeah, you know, he's a bit of a diva, Gary. He'd. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's he's in makeup. He's yeah. he spent some extra time. <laughs> you know, like we, we people can't see us, but that doesn't mean you. He's he's like the the Axl Rose of the podcasting world. <laughs> it's yeah. he arrives when he's ready. Yeah, um, yeah. likes Gary, to make a big scene. Gary is never late. <laughs> he arrives precisely <laughs> when he means to. <laughs> Um, so for this episode, we're going to have a chat about the uh, the T20 series that Australia and England have just finished wrapping up. Yep. Um, turns out our predictions were right, yeah. which is unfortunate for us. Spot on. Like we were a bit pretty pragmatic in our in our guesses there, but I th- I think we're pretty accurate. Um, well, I know we're pretty accurate accurate now, but. I think the only um, thing we didn't get right is we thought that rain was going to interfere with at least one of them, which it didn't, which is good. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, the you, 2 1 England result was what we called, and yeah. it's what we got. You only need a three hour sort of period to get the, the game in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what it's like with England, though, with the light and everything, and yeah. need to have the game finished by this time. And yeah. It's like, there's no crowds anyway, there's no noise complaints, just play through. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so if, uh, England managed to get a 2-1 uh, series result against Australia, but this is what I don't get um, just before we jump into it. If if England had won that last ODI series, uh, the last T20 game, I should say, yeah, they would have taken the number one ranking in the world off us. 
Right. Did I miss a point where we were the best T20 team in the world? No, yeah. I mean, I I definitely didn't know about that. I just want to know, like, oh, yeah, if England wins this game, they'll go, to, they'll leapfrog Australia for number one. I'm like, when were we the best? Yeah. When did that happen? Maybe it's one of those weird cycle things. Yeah. You know, like. They just forgot about all those times that we were terrible and. Yeah. It must have something to do with the fact that we beat. Pakistan in a few T20s. Maybe. The last time and those points are working. I don't know. It's the, just the thing is I don't I don't follow it that much. So, you know, if if, if I'm gonna miss a a series, it'll be a T twenty series. Yeah. Um Yeah, so but I think it's it's probably one of those cycle things where we won a clump of them about two years ago and now that's coming through and <laughs> Yeah. It's like that time, I think it was um Oh, was it maybe 2014 mm. where we, you know, we just come off the back of losing three tests in a row in England yeah, um, to play the second lot of the Ashes back-to-back and we went up whitewashing them. And then because we whitewashed them, we did achieve the number one test ranking yeah. in the world. And it's like no one no one in the world believes that we're a better test team than South Africa. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, we're number one. It's like, but are we... Yeah. Like we, we <laughs> flogged the palms at home yeah. after they beat us three like mm. Yeah, there was there was a similar sort of incident in the early two thousands where um South Africa were randomly ranked above us. I remember that. Yeah. And they asked Sean Pollock about it and he was just like, We're not a better side than Australia <laughs> He was under no illusions of you know, which was that was part of our golden era, so yeah, yeah it's, it's just the way the scheduling's lined up with yeah. fortuitous <laughs> results. I think that plays the same here. We, like, I, I don't think anyone in their right minds thinks Australia is the the one that you've got to knock off the perch to get that top ranking. But yeah. just somehow, I've, I might have to research it to find out what results have gone our way. Yeah. I'm just staggered that yeah, we've actually can, can't even remember. Yeah, <laughs> um, can't we played I mean, fifty fifty overs? Yeah, okay. Um, you know, we didn't win the World Cup, but. We always do well in that that format. Yeah, but England have trounced us the last few times we played. Then we got yeah, just horribly injured. Yeah, the last time we played ODIs, which is why these yeah. next three are going to be so important. But anyway, we'll get into unwrapping all of the uh, action of the T Twenty games that have just taken place right after this. T20 series, the number one ranked team in the world against the team that by rights probably should be ranked number one in the world. <laughs> um, and the number one team in the world didn't quite get the job done. Um, so Australia lost 2-1, lost the yeah. first two ODI. Those, oh, I keep saying ODIs. The uh, the first two T20s, yeah. um, losing the series and then um, backed it up Getting with the, the, the consola- consolation. You know, pride win to make sure yeah. we didn't uh, we didn't yield the number one overall ranking. Yeah, um, disappointing uh, to be sure. Yeah. But you know, if you look at it, we we should have won that first T Twenty game. Yeah, and um, if you have a look at the guys that really contributed to to England, you had Joss Butler with a lot of runs at the top of the order. Um, he's coming off a full summer of cricket. Yeah. Um, and then with the ball, you know, 
Joffre Archer, Mark Wood, all these guys, they've all got plenty of cricket under their belt. Adil Rashid, they've you know, they've had T20s or short-form games against uh, Ireland and, and Pakistan to get ready. We've just had a couple of um, intra-squad yeah. games to get warmed up. And, and by rights, we, we really should have won that game. We It's yeah. a game that we really let slip. I think it did kind of smack that, that collapse of ours in the first um, game. It did smack of a team that hadn't been playing for a while. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> um, we just didn't play the game situation very well. Um, and and I think that will happen when you've, you've just been – well, I'm sure they haven't been just sitting around, but, you know, they haven't, yeah, but play, it, they haven't played any competitive it's cricket. It's the old cricket adage that, you know, time in the middle is – it can't be replicated. So I'm sure that, you know, they've – Playing against each other is uh, a close facsimile, but um, yeah. nothing like getting out there and really playing competitive cricket against. I'm pretty sure a, a they've just been opponent. playing the PlayStation against each other, <laughs> just well, taking it easy and you know, resting yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so looking at that, like I said, Joss Butler contributed. Uh, he's moved to the top of the order, which I know was a move that came with a bit of controversy. They were used to using him as a bit of a finisher, um, which uh, bucks the trend as he's been quite successful. He's come out for the Big Bash. Um, yeah. out here and has exclusively opened the batting and done really, really well. Um, and Butler hasn't let anyone down. He looks like that, um, car- well, not saying I say career-saving, but certainly uh, yeah. reinforcing 100 against um, Pakistan. Well, I think he's he's probably in the, the best form of his life. So I reckon they just said, let's just keep it going. Yep, just like, get in there. And- you don't, you don't want to keep him in the sheds and... You know, maybe they don't even use him or, or something like that and then, you know, waste the, the rich vein of form that he's found. Um, the other contributor is David Milan, who's now, of course, of this series, has now moved to number one overall in the T20 batsman rankings. He's supplanted right. uh, Baba Azam. He made um, 66 in this innings and really was, you know, Butler and Milan were the backbone of the the 162 that England made. Yeah, um, only Jordan. It's a bit of a surprise, that isn't it? Like, yeah, I, I what, wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have touted him, especially from, when he came over to play in Australia. The yeah. the last tour, you wouldn't have. Yeah. nothing about him screamed, "I am a short form specialist." Yeah, he looked a good player, but he was he he seemed like a a, a back to the wall kind of middle order, old fashioned Steve War type. Yeah. And his game certainly flourished playing short fall cricket because he's been playing outstanding for England for for a little while now. So he's yeah. moved himself comfortably up the rankings. Well, yeah, I think the modern cricket is kind of adaptable. They've got different gears. Oh know? well, especially if you if you've got any interest in playing multiple yeah. formats nowadays, you you have to be adaptable. You can't just yeah. be that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just go at a strike rate of 75 <laughs> and bat around me. It just, yeah. you can't do that anymore. Even in the 50 over game, that's, um, you know, They unfortunately fell short chasing down 120. They were one for 90 <laughs> <laughs> when their 20 overs were up. <laughs> um, so none of the other batsmen contributed anything to double figures except for Chris Jordan, which, like I said, left uh, England at uh, 162 for seven at the end of their 20 overs. Yeah, and it looked a good pitch, you know. Like, at that point, it was uh, it was coming onto the bat. Uh, and it, the grounds are so small over there, aren't they? Like, <laughs> you, 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 look, you watch cricket here and, like, you're on the Melbourne cricket ground. You see a guy miss hit it and you're like... Oh, 
at least it's going to be a chance on the boundary or something like that. He hasn't fully got it. Even with the modern bats, you're like, oh, that'll be a chance for the outfielder. Over there, that same mishit goes about 20 rows back, <laughs> and they look amazing. Uh, um, for the Aussies, uh, some people in the wickets. Agar got two for 32 in his four. Um, Richardson got two for 13 in his three. Maxwell got two for 14 in his three. Zampa got quite a bit of tap. He went for 47 runs in his four, so not a great uh, game for Zamps. Yeah. Um, even at his, his, his mate back, Marcus Stoinis was in this game, and that didn't sort of... Conjure yeah. any magic? I he bowled a few long hops. Yeah, uh, that I saw in the well, highlights. Went for four. Oh, sorry, three fours and three sixes in um in his four overs. So it wasn't wasn't yeah. a great return for him. I mean, you get that from a wrist spinner from time to time, mm. but hopefully he he works on some consistency there. And then our run chase started fantastic. Uh, Warner and Finch both. Got great starts. In fact, we were one for 98 chasing 160. Yeah. Um, That's almost unheard of. We were three for 127. Yeah. Um, and I think we had less runs and balls remaining at one point. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it just all fell apart from there. Four for 129, five for 133, six for 148. Yeah. Um, There's some pretty ordinary shots in that. In that group. Too. Yeah, Maxwell's dismissal. I like, know, really rooting yeah. for Maxwell to do I well, know, and it's man. always the same story. I don't, I don't know what he was trying to d- even do. Like, it was... He just looks so bad when he gets it wrong and so great when he gets it right. But it was just a chip to cover in the end. Yeah, and it's off Rashid, who was the danger man for them in that innings. Like, yeah, yeah, two for twenty nine off his four overs. You know, one for twenty, one for twenty nine off four. You'll take that and just score runs at the other end. Like, yeah, he just he's he's never quite worked this uh, consistency. It's just frustrating because you look at him when he's doing well, and you're just like, there is nothing that this man can't do. Yeah, and it just. And it's things like this that are like, because he's obviously talented. He's probably, he's in the top five of talented batsmen Australia's got right now. Yeah. And it's just things like that that'll get him on the outer. And yeah. when we know that he's got so much to give, he just. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't blame it all on him. Um, no, certainly. I think Travis Head got clean bowled as well. Uh, oh. Carey, you mean? Oh, Carey. Yeah. Carey. Travis Head didn't make this. Head, this did, good. Head didn't play. All right. Okay. No. Um, yeah. So, Smith got 18, Maxwell got one, Carey got one, Agar got run out for four. Marcus Stoinis did his best at the end to try and drag us home. He got 23. Yeah. Um, probably left it a little too late. Didn't hit any be- – well, he only hit one six in his yeah. 23, which is probably not what we need from him down the order. And as yeah. it was, um, a really good a really good chance to start our first competitive cricket since COVID on the front foot. Stealing a win from England in their backyard went begging. Yep. Yep, and you got to take that chance, you know? Like, that was, that was the difference in the series at the end of it. It's quite a reversal because I've seen many, many times that we've played teams and those are the sort of games that we used to drag out where we'd... Yeah. Where we'd put up, oh, well, that's not a that's not a great score, to be honest. We probably should have done a bit better than that. And then we'll find a way of fighting back with the ball... Yeah, and and getting a win, it's um quite a role reversal to see it happen the other way around. Where England now is that team that's got so much belief that even when they 
don't quite get to par yeah. with bat. They're, they've got the confidence in themselves. And that's got to go down, I think, to obviously the calibre of players they've got coming through. But yeah. um, the way Owen Morgan leads that team, it's just been – it's been a different animal since that 2015 World Cup. I mean, I know the World Cup yeah. was the uh, um, the 50-over game, but that short-form team under Owen Morgan has become a different animal since that World Cup. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a lot of guys in that lineup with with international experience as well. You know, Tom, Tom Curran pretty much – bowled the perfect at least the last three balls <laughs> yeah reckon. of that last over yeah like he just he can find a yorker that guy um when he needs to so and yeah they, and they've got so many players in that lineup we could get the job done with a bat so like you know, unfortunately you know most of them if you had one two three four of your top six get single figures you're thinking geez we're in a world of hurt the Butler and Milan stand up and get really good scores. Yeah, I think they they look to kind of bat to eleven. I think that's you know, and they don't worry too much. You know, you don't you don't need the wicket taking bowler so much. You mm. just you just need a guy. Well, they've got guy. They've got plenty of them as well. Mark Wood, Joffre Archer, um, you know, Tom Curran, Adil Rashid. So you don't need the wicket taking bowler, but you've got them as well. They're performing both yeah. roles, so they've got a vein of riches. Um, if we move on to the second one, um, this is just simply a case of we didn't do a good enough job in the power play and we paid for it. Yeah. Um, so a couple of changes. I think we remember the same side. We flipped the order around a little bit. So Warner and Finch opened up. And this is something that I'd entertained. I'm not sure if I've spoken about it on the podcast, but I know I've spoken about it just in general, is um, given Carey's ability that we saw in the World Cup with the yeah. – with the bat and his ability opening the batting for the um, the strikers here in the BBL, is there yeah. is there an argument to be had to have Carey at near the top of the order? So my my, well, I think he batted four for the strikers. This this he, big he, bash he just pre- gone. Primarily batted it opened, and then this year, yeah, he batted three or four because he wanted to work on his middle order game because he felt that would because playing for Australia, he was an opening. Yeah, so he wanted to prove that he was a valid uh, middle order option, but he's. His um, short-form career up until now is ex- almost exclusive. He's been as an opener until the last um, Big Bash season or um, international representative honours. Yeah. So I floated the idea of why don't you have Smith and Carey as a floating three and four? So you've got Warner and Finch opening, and if Warner gets out, you send Carey in, and if Finch gets so out, you send so Smith like, in. Okay. So you keep your right-hand, left-hand combination. Yeah. And they ran with that. Unfortunately, it didn't pay off. Carey tried the big... You know, yeah. hit over the top of mid-off and inside or outside edge that's straight to the wicketkeeper and uh, got out for nothing. And then Steve Smith took a rather cavalier single against Owen Morgan, who hit the stumps with one run, one stump to aim at. And yeah. Smith was looking good too. He had two really good boundaries, and um, mm. yeah, just yeah, took a took yeah. one too many and paid the price for it. He got a Gary the Gary Pratt dismissal. <laughs> <laughs> um, Except the guy was in the team. <laughs> so that left us reeling at three for 30. Um, and then um, Stoinis came out um, at five and rebuilt the innings a bit with with, with Finch. Finch got 40-odd uh, off 33 and Stoinis got 35 off 26. I have to say, given time at the crease, Stoinis was starting to look good. I know he's copped a lot of flack as his ability to translate his strong domestic form to the international circuit. Yeah. But um, he started to look good here. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's a really good series for Stoinis. I mean, the first in the first one, he came out under a whole lot of pressure, so much, and in a role that he wasn't playing for the stars. He wasn't finishing. Mm, he's they, a, they were asking him to finish. Well, that, that's what the, um, the the selectors have said before, is we're not picking Stoinis because we've got a glut of opening batsmen and we see Stoinis as an opening batsman. And then yeah. one short-form tour later, they're picking him in the middle order. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> mixed messages from mixed the, messages the old selectors. There. Um, but at least, I suppose, the, the one silver lining from the fact that um, we were – had so many wickets so early, Stoinis got to spend a fair bit of time at the crease and yeah. um, put together a bit of a start. Uh, Maxwell and Agar came through and did their best to try and push the score up to something competitive towards the end. Yeah. But um, England bowled incredibly well throughout the 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 whole innings, which never really let us get any any momentum. And we started getting momentum. They had a knack for picking up wickets, uh, and we were restricted to, to 157 off 20. Um and then, yeah, that guy again, Joss Butler, comes out, yeah. scores, well, and Milan as well, I suppose. We picked up Bairstow pretty early, mm. and then Butler and Milan both got really good starts, 77 for Butler, yeah. 42 for Milan, and then just broke the Aussies back, and there was just too much to do. Yeah, and they finished it. And they, they finished us. it off. <laughs> um, yeah. We picked up a couple of wickets when we got rid of Milan, Bant, and we got rid of for two. Morgan, we got rid of for seven. Um, you know, starting to wobble. What could happen? But no, Mo and Ali came out, and then went. I think it was in the um, in the eight, end of the eighteenth over. He went four six, yeah. broke the back, and it then became like we ne- they needed like half a run of ball for the rest of the. Right. the and then <laughs> they just yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Butler just finished it off with some big hitting. So yeah, again. Class too good. Um, it's funny. Uh, it's funny that they don't have Zach Crawley playing for them. Maybe they have him touted as a long form player. Hmm. Like I, I haven't think? seen a lot of Zach Crawley other than what we've seen in the tests. And while he looks a dynamic test player, maybe he isn't quite that. Yeah, I suppose it's he's, he's more of a classical style, isn't he? Like, and, I, and I suppose too this the short form side for England has been relatively settled for quite a while. I mean, obviously with. Uh, you know, losses of um, Ben Stokes have thrown a few changes in, but for the most part, they've had a fairly settled lineup: Bairstow, yeah. Butler, Morgan, Ali, mm. those sort of guys. Yeah, for a while. He, might, he just might be outside the bubble too. You never yeah. know. <laughs> um, I suppose too, depending on some of those guys, might have just said, "You know what? I just really like to go home for a couple of days after yeah. living in a hotel for yeah. how long they did for Pakistan and the West Indies." Mm. Um, so yeah, with that, England proved that they were a class above and and stole the series. Well, not stole the series. Yeah, secured the series. Um, but they would have liked to have gone three nil. Let's face it, they weren't. They weren't just going oh, dead rubber. We'll just play silly buggers. <laughs> they wanted to beat us three nil, as as we would. Yeah. So we went to the third game, um, and as Glenn said, three nil. They're the top T20 side in the world, so there wasn't just a dead rubber, and I don't think there's really any dead rubber England-Australia games. No, no. Um, <laughs> Any time we can humiliate each other is fine with, with both sides, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so there are a raft of changes. Oh, uh, Morgan picked up a bit of an injury uh, fielding in the second game, and uh, Joss Butler withdrew for personal reasons, so there was a bit of a right. reshuffle. So um, I think Denley came in. 
Um, Banton went to the top of the order. So, yeah, there was a bit of a change. Uh, Moen Alley was named captain of the side. Yeah. Um, and the Aussies played really exceptionally well. Um, they had some changes too. Warner was rested for Matthew Wade. And Mitch Marsh came in for... I'm trying to th- see who else that they dropped. For Kerry. Right. Um, and then, yeah, we restricted him to 145. So I guess Matty Wade got the gloves. Matty Wade got the gloves. Right. Um, Bairstow was probably one of the key contributors for the England innings. He he looked really rusty. He was swinging like a rusty gate at the beginning of his innings. But he... <laughs> um, he managed to find a bit of consistency and actually get a pretty good score, 55 or 44. Mm. Um, the Aussies just kept taking regular wickets to the other end. Uh, Banton got knocked over by Hazelwood for two. Yeah. Um, Milan only got 20 in this game. Billings got four. Ali and Denley both got sort of starts, 20, 20 each to get the score to 145. Um, and then it was an, another cautionary tale. We looks like we've learned from it here. Matty Wade and Finch and Stoyness batting at three got us off to a pretty good start. Yeah. Uh, one for 31, two for 70, three for 86. Uh, and then we sort of started a wobble, four for 87, five for 100. <laughs> and we're like, oh. Familiar tune. Um, you know, and then so, but credit to him. He's the guy that we... We quite literally love to hate. <laughs> Mitch Marsh came with a crease. Yeah. 39 off 36. Uh-huh. Only three boundaries in the whole innings, but played the innings that we needed to get us home Yep, to win the game. Look, if he keeps doing that, we're going to stop bagging him. That's all he needs to do. Is yeah. he just If he's going to get the chances, like we can't yeah. – we're hoping gorgeous George puts a stop to it, yeah. if you're listening, George Bailey, but it's <laughs> not happening. Sure he does. <laughs> But he's going to keep getting the chances, at least have the decency to do something with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he can't, like, he's like, he's the last two games for Australia, he's had uh, Man of the Match awards, I'm pretty sure. So, mm. it's, well, he, he belongs there in the short form. Like, we, we've, we've talked about his numbers in 50 over cricket, and I'm, I'm just basing this on um, his big bash form in the last couple of years. And once he's in, he's one of the cleanest hitters of the ball that we have around. Yeah. Um, but, you know, traditionally it takes a little while to get in. And like, you know, a lot of our criticisms of him is that it, it's a bit one faceted, you know, like he hits through the line of the ball and that's it. So just for, for he was his um, highest score for Australia, 39, not out. So, yeah. Uh, has an average of of twenty three with a bat, um, and then. I mean, average doesn't really matter in T twenties. What does he strike at? Uh, his strike rate's not great, to be honest. It's one hundred and fourteen. Okay. Um, right. So he's batting. He's batting's got a lot of work to do. Hmm. He's bowling. He's had one hundred and twenty balls in ten innings. So hasn't consistently bowled all the time. Goes at right. eight and over. Taken seven wickets at twenty two, yeah. so you know his his T twenty his T twenty work needs a bit of improvement. But when you're looking at his one day international form, he's played fifty seven matches, he's taken forty seven wickets at thirty six with the ball. Um, 
He's taken, he scored 1,500 runs at 35 with 1150s and 100. Yeah. For, with the bat striking, yeah, those, those, striking at 91, which is, yeah. those are good yeah. one day ones. You that, can understand why, why he's in that. So you need. Yeah. 30 and 30 as a middle order yeah. all rounder. You'll, you'll take that. He's still, yeah, he I don't probably. think he's quite an automatic selection yet in the T20 one because I think he's a very classical batsman. Yeah. That takes a little while to get going. But all he's got to do is his job. Yeah. If his job is to play a sensible innings, get Australia home and score a runnable 30 or 40, mm. and that's what we need, awesome. Well, if exactly his job is to go is. out and throw the bat and score some quick runs and he does it, yeah, and that's all we that's all we want from him. Well, so. I mean that that's what we got out of him. We got him the we got the 114 strike rate. Yeah, <laughs> which we would have taken at that time. Yeah, that's all <laughs> we needed. Just about a run a ball, yeah. work, get us home. Nothing silly. Yeah. So, you know, we'll we'll wear that. We're we're not by no stretch your biggest supporter going around, but you did your job today. Yeah. You keep doing things like that. We salute you. We'll make believers out of us. So well done to, to Mitch Marsh and the the rest yeah. of the Australians. You know, you're coming up against a, a battle hardened England side, ready to go, and you're pretty green, haven't played any competitive cricket. Yeah. Out of the gate, and we're not making oh, excuses. England yeah. were the deserved winners, and yeah, they were by far the better team. But yeah, if we could have won that first. First game, we would have been very happy with that series. As it is, I think 2-1 is probably about what you would expect as a neutral. Well, looking at it purely uh, at 2-1, yeah. I don't think does the series the credit it deserved for how close it was. I mean, we yeah. were so close, yeah. so close to winning that first so game. It was, it was closer to 2-1.5. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, like, it might... The, the the second game was quite telling because that was a comprehensive win to England. They... Yeah, they bounce like Australia didn't bounce back from nearly lo- nearly winning or clutching defeat from the jaws of victory. We didn't bounce back, and we yeah. we got hammered straight up, losing too many wickets in their power play. Yeah, but you know, maybe Australia's got themselves set to be a bit of a chasing team. I feel like we seem to look like we're playing mm. better when we can pace the innings, or we know how to how to pace the innings. I suppose. Mm. More than anything, so our two better performances in that series were were chasing. So yeah. I know historically we've liked to bat first, especially in an ODI game, and really just go out and score as many runs as we can. Yeah. Use scoreboard pressure, but maybe in a in a T Twenty game, it might be the other way around. We might be use our bowlers up front to yeah, control well, the game. I, and I think Hazelwood's a lot better in Twenty Twenty where than you'd think he. Is like traditionally, I don't know. I maybe I've just ignored all the times where he hasn't done well. But like for a guy who in Test cricket runs up and hits a spot, you know, a lot of those guys they go to T Twenty and they don't adapt well because people are used to them hitting that one length. Well, I haven't seen really anything. From Hazelwood showing that he's got that sort of T Twenty adaptability. Yeah, um, but he always just seems to come off. I reckon. He's well. His stats aren't fantastic, to be honest. He's played right. eight games, taken nine wickets. He has his best bowling is four for thirty. So he's taken. Yeah. 
half of his wickets in one go. Right. 32 going at an, uh, an economy rate of, of nine. Oh, really? Which, yeah, that's not great, is it? Which isn't great. Um, What's it like in the domestic? He hasn't played a great deal of domestic ones because of his international. He's ones. always away. But um, yeah. his his stats for for domestic T20s, uh, he's played thirty six matches. He's taken forty three wickets at twenty four at an economy of seven and a half. So it might just be yeah. the small sample size that we've seen that yeah. is playing to it. But you, you're right. Well, I've seen him play in the Big Bash, and and I get what you're saying from his about him. In the limited big bash games I've seen him play, is he is yeah. that sort of bowler you don't expect him to bowl well, but always seems to. I suppose it's a bit like Glenn McGrath. McGrath played IPL yeah. in the twilight of his career at the beginning of the IPL and was quite successful. And he isn't mm. a player that you would expect to be no good at. Well, the way that it's evolved like he, now, he had a couple of extra you know skill moves. He had that. He was one of the pioneers of that split fingers slower ball. You know, uh, he had the one that came out of the back of his hand. Um, and he could bowl a Yorker, you know, like yeah. he could definitely hit and the Yorker could, when he wanted to. And he could break ribs if he wanted to. Yeah. KP, you listening? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I feel like ra- Hazelwood goes surprisingly. It's got to rank in my top five for McGrath moments. <laughs> Partly, partly because I, I called with, it. With a 125k bouncer as well. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be McGrath, but I remember that innings. I'm like, if he keeps charging fast bowlers, someone's just got to bang it in short and break his ribs. <laughs> and Glenn McGrath stepped up and did it. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> good tour, KP. Head yeah. back to England. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, you're right. Josh Hazelwood is deceptively good, just considering his skill set that you see in test cricket, you wouldn't imagine him being as yeah. as fluent at the short form game. But um, no, he, he played really well. Um and I guess the show is just sort of, you know, good old-fashioned accuracy and line length can be yeah. still as dangerous as, you know, all the, the trick shots so that other bowlers have got in there. You know, what else do they do? There's, oh, it, it's, you don't necessarily have to have 10 different kind of slower balls to uh, play 2020 cricket, I don't think. No, I certainly think it helps, but no, uh, if you yeah. do your job well. It works It works for your Tom Currens of the world. Mm. <laughs> But uh, no, I think I think overall it's a it's a good warm up to get us ready for the ODIs. Um, disappointing that we didn't drag it out. We've, would have been a quite a different tone to this. Uh, yeah. To this report, if we could just not have stuffed up the first one, that's one we mm. definitely should have dragged dragged out. And then yeah. you know if the series plays out the same, we, yeah. we're two one up, haven't two played one. any cricket. Australia is brimming with confidence. I hope that Justin Langer has got them going. You know, yeah, we're. Where we lost this series, but there's a lot to take out of it, and I also hope he's got them working on the fact that the middle order is woefully short of runs. Mm. Um, yeah, when when it counts, so we need to be making sure that when we get off the good start, a our openers carry on with it, yeah, and b the if they don't carry on with it, the middle order is set and ready to go. Yeah, um, parlaying onto that, so stoyness. And Marsh were used in this series. They're the two all rounders we picked for the squad. Neither of them bowled. Mm. Do you think that if you're not going to use them as all rounders, that those guys are the best of possible batsmen that you could have for the team? Mm. Well, I don't know. In the middle order, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. 
we we had a little chat about who we've got as as finishers in the big bash and uh can't think of any specialist batsman who you'd go with maybe John O'Wells Dan Christian I think is one that's still got that finisher yeah um skill set but he's you know 400 years old so yeah. we're not going to we're not going to pick Dan I mean that, that was going to be James Faulkner too but he ran over the selectors' cat, and yeah, well, he just doesn't bat anymore very much. I think he's <laughs> yeah, that also too. He forgot how to bat a yeah, little bit. He kind of forgot how to bat. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's no one really putting their hand up uh, as a finisher. You know, like all George Bailey was an underrated finisher. I feel, but again, he started his career too late. He would have been perfect, I think, to yeah. be batting at five or six in this Australian T Twenty setup. Yeah, well, right now we don't have that. Uh, well, we don't have that sort of MS Dhoni style player who is is brilliant at at finishing. Like, I mean, no one's probably as brilliant as at finishing as that guy. But you know, someone in that mould would be good. Mm. Um, I, I guess it's the way our setup is that our our good players tend to be playing in the big bash in the top order. Yeah, oh, I agree with you. I think in. in Stoyness certainly deserves to be there as a batsman only if you can find enough room to cram him into the top of the order. Marsh, I'm not convinced, deserves to be there purely as a batsman. But yeah. if he keeps doing, if he keeps getting picked and doing jobs like that, it'll cer- certainly change my mind. I, feel, I do feel that Marsh was picked as an all-rounder, yeah. but he's an all-rounder that didn't bowl. So I, I really think a- Agar needs to work on his batting as well. Like It's, it's not enough to be playing... For Australia, as a tidy left arm spinner who doesn't really explode with the bat, you know, he just he just kind of knocks it around and runs between the wickets, and we know that he can strike the ball well. We we saw him as a nineteen year old all those years ago. Mm. I will so say, clean. in his defence, he has bowled very well of late for the Aussies. Yeah, for, in a T Twenty game, um, not arguably while I was watching, so it doesn't uh, count. <laughs> <laughs> arguably better than Zampa, to be honest. Um, yeah. He was certainly better than Zampa in this series. Um, but yeah, you're right. He's batting at seven for the Aussies. That's his job to bat at seven and and be the the other spin bowling option. Mm. And even he knows it. He's come out and said that that's something that he needs to work on about how he finishes an innings. Um, and innings better. I, I would like to say, though, from what I've seen of Agar batting, he's, he's an intelligent batsman that when he's, he, his shot's not there, he doesn't get bogged down trying to clear the fence. He's a guy that yeah. he's quick between the wickets and rotates the strike and understands when the hot you know, the hot guy at the other end is, is hot, gets him on strike as often as possible. The yeah. problem is you end up with Agar getting to a roundabout somewhere, a runner ball sort of innings, which is... Sort of not what we need. Yeah, I, at seven, I, we need someone who has that finishing ability. So I haven't even in the big bash. I haven't seen him really explode and find the boundary consistently mm-hmm. at all. For uh, you know, for like the last two years, there's probably he's probably got maybe one, maybe two of those sort of innings in him per big bash, which yeah isn't enough mm. to be. A finisher yeah. at an international uh, level. It, it I do seem, think he it deserves. Seems like he's an automatic pick right now as well. It's I, just. I think he offers a lot of really good skill sets. Like he's a tall left arm, accurate spin bowler. Like he does the job with the ball. He's really good in the field. He's just yeah, he's just missing that power element in yeah. Um, 
in with the bat. But like I'm a big fan of Ashton Agar, and I think he should be, you know, near about to the all near all the time near about to the short form honors for Australia. I think he's really yeah. good in that sense. Um, I'd like to see him get a little more a little more dynamic in his first-class game because I do think he'd be a very valuable asset, especially on subcontinent tours mm. um, as that sort of extra spin option that doesn't completely compromise our batting lineup. Yeah. But he's just, yeah, his first-class form is, leaves a little bit to be desired. But, um, mm. yeah, I think Ashton goes all right. Just needs to go and watch some highlights of that uh, debut testings, <laughs> I think. And yeah. Maybe, maybe free his mind a bit. I don't know. You're right. It is good to have a, a responsible type innings as well. <laughs> yeah, it just needs to be able to, when we need him to just clear the front leg and clear the boundary, he's yeah. got that part of his game with him as well. He needs to play some stick cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yes, stick <laughs> cricket will help. Um, so we we move from these to Manchester where we will play three ODI games against England. How are you feeling after that, Glenn? Anything that's... Uh... Yeah, I still think we can get him. I am still pretty confident. Um, you know, like, we've got our eye in now. We've got our competitive boots on. We've got our... Uh, yeah. We've got all our, our uh, ducks in a row and... Shaking a bit of rust off, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think... We're playing a game Look, that I, I think suits I, us a lot better as well. We're yeah, a better exactly. ODI team than we are a T20 team, despite yeah. what the rankings may suggest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we can do them. I mean, England are, are a good side, but I don't know. The the team that they beat a few years ago um, to nil, I think it was, uh, is, is very different from the team that we've got now. Um you know, you give... Personnel-wise, I would have to disagree with you. Why is that? Because the personnel are largely the same. Well... I think the the most notable in would be Manus Labuschagne. Yeah. There aren't too many... There's not too much well, new we, blood coming through. We didn't have Smith back either. No, we did. Smith and Warner were back for that... For that series? Mm-hmm. That was after the... After the World Cup, was it? Or just before the World Cup, I think it was just before. Oh, you might be right. Actually, you. Um, yeah, no, you are right. It was before the World Cup, so we didn't have yeah. Smith and Warner back. So yeah, because yeah, I'm pretty sure like Tim Payne was still captaining the one day side there as well. I only remember this because of um, we were watching the test, the test. documentary. So yeah, they 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 appointed Tim Payne as the captain. Yeah, but. Yeah, personnel-wise, I think uh, you got... So, yeah, Smith-Warner coming back. Smith-Warner coming back, and, and you now have the potential of those two very classy batsmen facing 100 balls. <laughs> you know, there's the real possibility that Steve Smith could out, be out there for 100 balls, and in that way, he can really impact a game. Um. You know, T20 is probably his weakest, Smith's weakest uh, format. 50 overs, he gets that same amount of impact almost that he does out of test cricket, I would argue. Mm. Yeah, it's a very different beast. 
Um, well, I was looking at a stat because I do love all <laughs> stats that talk up my, my boy Smitty. And um, since his return to the Australian setup purely as a batsman, um, he has some very, very impressive numbers in all three formats. Like, it's obviously not Virat Kohli level, yeah. um, but there's been quite an uptake, like hundreds of percent increase in his average strike rate Yeah, runs. Like, he, he is a far improved bat. He's a lot better than... Um, than his t like his one day international stats would have you believe so yeah um, I believe hang on I've got them in front of me one moment so Steve Smith's um, one day international batting stats ah so he averages forty forty two yeah with bat with nine hundreds and twenty five fifties yeah and then in t twenties he averages twenty seven with four fifties so that's taking it into account. Obviously, a lot of the games that he played, you know, as a all rounder or a bowler. Yeah. Um, so forty two is nothing to. No, that's a, turn your a nose very up respectable. At. As long as you're doing it at a at a decent click as well. Eighty six strike rate and ODIs. Sure so that's that's <laughs> pretty good strike rate for ODIs. That's yep. that's you know that's bordering on slow going. But he's that guy that you want coming in early <laughs> and batting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people. Love. From yesteryear would be uh, eighty six. He's 86. a he's a reckless hooligan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but yes, I believe you're right. We're I do agree with your sentiment. We uh, I think we're a, a much more dynamic animal. Smith and Warner will make um, big changes into that. I'm pretty sure Stark was injured in that last series as well. Um, I'm not sure. We we did have we weren't playing. Too many numpties, though. We were playing genuine yeah. guys that were part of the setup. Yeah. Um, I think Labuschagne's going to be a big in. He's already proven that he's got what it takes to bat in England. He's ready and raring to go. He's just scored a, a hundred in a intra-squad yeah. T20 game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Showing you that he's... Just, you can just see him, like, let me at him, coach. Let me at him. <laughs> yeah. And I, I honestly believe that's sort of that's the attitude he's got. Everyone's yeah. talking like he's just one of those guys that um, just can't get enough cricket. He just he yeah. he'd happily play for the other team if they were short, sort of thing. <laughs> like just get me out there, I'll 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 play anyone. So yeah. I think he's yeah. going to be big. Um, Cummins, Stark. I think Hazelwood will probably get the the start. I think they'll run with yeah. the Test lineup. Um, yeah. Hazelwood's wily good ODI cricket. Yeah. Um, so you reckon they'll go with Lyon as well? Yeah. I think it'll depend very much on the pitch. I'd, I'd say that Zampa's probably got the front row. I don't think they'll play. They'll play Zampa or Lyon. I don't think they'll play both. Yeah, I think if they're going to go two spinners, they'll take Agar. Yeah. Um, I could see them taking Agar and Maxwell and playing four quicks, but I don't think they'll take two specialist spin bowlers not to England. Right. So I think it'll be Zampa. Mm. Or line, but considering how Zamp like Zampa's gone for a quite a few runs in um, those T twenties, they may be having a look at maybe bringing line on as a bit of a point of difference. But I would say, at least mm. for the first ODI, if it's looking like a pitch that's going to be conducive to spin at all, Zampa yeah. will get the get the the nod first, and then they'll use part time spin in um, Zampa uh, in Agar Maxwell or even Labuschagne might even get the odd trundle, seeing how it goes. Yeah, yep. He again, you won't be able to hold him back. <laughs> It'll be one of those ones. Can I have a bowl, Skip? 
No, it's halfway through the first over. Yeah. Josh is going to bowl the next <laughs> over. And then Pat. <laughs> Yeah. And then probably Zamps. Look, I'm, you know, like I know you're good, Marnus, but I'm going to go with this, you know, the six foot five quick that we have. You know? <laughs> he can get the new pill. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah, so we're we're sticking true to our uh, our predictions that yeah. uh, with no weather affected matches, we're going to say that we drag this one out and we get a two one victory under our yeah. belt. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I just can't see they they don't have a Smith in their their team. They might have a Warner, but they don't have a Smith. Um, and also oh, they, they're they, going to have Joe Root back, who's been playing that Smith role. Yeah, but that's a poor man Smith. Uh, why? Well, <laughs> as much as I've been talking up Smitty in the short form, uh, in the in the short form game, I think they're both pretty comparable at the moment. He's yeah, uh, Root's been. Been pretty good. He's he's actually been scoring hundreds recently for England in the short form as well. So yeah, that's sort of how they've been. Um, but but has he been doing it against Australia? <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> he, I'll look back far enough. I'll find somewhere where he scored against Australia. But no, I think yeah. uh, I think that's not doing. And as much as I hate to do it, because I like taking uh, the Mickey out of Joe Root. Um, <laughs> I think that Joe Joe Root plays that um, yeah that Steve Smith top of the order holding innings together role, and um, he does it very well. Um, so yeah, but he's still not Smitty. <laughs> he's still not Smitty. No, but they've got yeah. guys like their middle order is much much more proven than our middle yeah. order. Well, I suppose with the minus Stokes, who's not going to be there, but you've got Owen Morgan in there. Um, you'd imagine yeah. but- Butler will return to his. Typical position in the middle order. I don't think he opens the batting for their sh- one-day international sides, unless I'm mistaken. Oh, they could sure. they could change it up, seeing as his success as a sh- uh, T20 opener, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Be- Bairstow is still active in the for- short form too, isn't he? Yeah, Bairstow will be their opener. Will he keep as well, or do they tend to go for Butler as their keeper? Surely Johnny Bairstow has got to be the better keeper. I don't know. I suppose we'll find out yeah. Friday night. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I reckon also they don't quite have a Mitchell Stark. You know, Mitchell Stark is a absolute champ in the fifty over game. Oh yeah, I think we we've, we've got the edge just in yeah. our bowling attack. But their bowling attack is very good and it's very skilled. I mean, Adil Rashid's got plenty to offer. You've got the pace barrage of Mark Wood and Jofra yeah. Archer. Um, Current the currents are wily. They've got offered plenty of change ups with the ball. Yeah. Um there's no weak links. Yeah. The weak link they're, will obviously be not having Ben Stokes. They've but got a different game. We we've got the attack that's going to bowl you out for less than two hundred. Mm. You know? we we've got that blow you away in the first twenty five overs kind of team. And they've got that uh, you know, even we if, just keep coming yeah, and coming and even coming. Even if you're on, even if you're having a good day, we're we're going to try and keep you under two fifty, mm. just with finesse and um, Chris you know, Jordan subtle. as well. He's having a good return of form as well. He's another yeah. guy you can add to that. So I, I mean, to go go with a boxing analogy, we've kind of got the the guy who's who's got the knockout punch, whereas you know England have got the the points guy. Yeah, you know the guy's going to drag it out. 
and, and I think the reverse is true for their batting lineup. Right. They've got a batting yeah. lineup that will make you. Like, they will. They'll well, make you hurt. They've just got a team of guys that will just come out and knock you out. You knock. You get through the first guy. The second guy comes out. The third guy comes out. Yeah. I think that's England's biggest strength at the moment. Is their right. batting lineup is finely tuned. They've got, you know, they've got like two guys that they identify as these are the 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 core guys that we bat around, and everyone else just goes out and finds the boundary. And in Owen Morgan, he's got. Plenty of gears that he can change in the short form game. That if he needs to, he reeled off a game against Pakistan. We were in at a strike rate of well over two hundred for quite yeah. a sizable length of time. So he's yeah. dangerous as well. Not to mention if he needs to knuckle down and grind out a good score, he can yeah. do that as well. Mm. So it's going to be a good series. Um, it is. I'm looking forward to the fifty overs. I I still think it's a really good um, format. You know, I, I I like that in the 50-over game, you still have bowlers getting batsmen out. That's what I love about. Yeah, about setting it. them up. and Yeah, setting them up. There's there's It's not a matter of like, you know, they're still setting up in 2020, but it's like I know he's going to try and smash me over there, so I'm just going to bowl it there slowly kind yeah. of thing. Like whereas you got you still got you're bringing in your swing, you're keeping the seam up, you know. Uh, there's still some test facets to the game in the 50 overs. In both batting and bowling. So yeah. yeah. You get through that period of the new ball in the power play. You know, if the ball's doing a bit early on, you've got time to see yeah. off the new ball and then come back later on mm. sort of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not one of these people who's like, oh, you, what do you need 50 over cricket? Like, I still think it's a very good format. I think it's the second best format. I think it's, <laughs> it's 2020 is not the better format yeah. by any stretch. Mm. Yeah, and I think you see that every every World Cup. Everyone goes, oh, yeah, 50 over cricket. <laughs> I really like this. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> we knew that the whole time. Yeah. Anyway, some people just don't have a full day. To, <laughs> to yeah, we are the guys that can sit down and watch five full days of cricket. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. can certainly stomach one. Leg stump, that'll do it. What a wonderful shot to bring it up on as well. What a moment for Michael Clark, not just as a player but as a captain here on his home ground. We thought we'd finish off this podcast with just a. Bit of news has come up in the Australia of of late. It has to do with the the shape of the the Test summer, which yep. is actually quite a, a seismic shift will happen if it um, if things start so picking up in Australia. And that is, of course, what is going on with Boxing Day. Yeah. So, for those of you who aren't completely aware of what's going on around in the Australian landscape, Victoria is uh, really struggling, yeah. really struggling with the uh, the COVID epidemic. Um, they they had a really bad second wave. Um, and some, without living in those conditions, living safely in New South Wales, but from what I'm seeing from media reports and things like that, it's borderline mm. dictatorship sort of stuff happening in there. People aren't even allowed to make Facebook posts about protesting the... Yeah, the 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 strenuous lockdown, the conditions they have without having their doors kicked in by the police and taken away. That's Can you imagine that living in a in a society where if you post on Facebook that, 
hey, we should go out and protest safely. Yeah. I stress this safely. I don't want to get too political, but this one I'm going to just go in there. A, a, a pregnant lady was arrested and taken away. She was five months pregnant, came into her house first thing in the morning. She was still in her pyjamas, kids around, everything. She was told she was under arrest for incitement for a yeah. Facebook post that she put up. Someone provided a Facebook post, and it was uh, hosting an event. She wanted to have an event. It was getting people to meet at some landmark in Victoria. And she stressed at the beginning of this, let's all make sure that we're wearing masks and that we um, adhere to social distancing and stay 1.5 metres apart um, so make sure that everyone stays as safe as we can in these times. Yeah. And then went on to say that, you know, the severity of the lockdowns is overhanded and we need to stand up and all this sort of stuff, yeah. which mind you, the ability to um, protest and say to your government, hey, we don't think that you're doing a good job mm. without fear of being locked up and thrown away is actually one of the founding principles of how a democratic society works. Yeah. Came in, kicked the doors in, said, you're under arrest and we're taking all of your computers, laptops, phones. Done. Here's a warrant. I was like, wow, the rest of Australia should be terrified of what's going on in Victoria right now. Yeah. Moving past that, (laughs) due to the fact that the COVID isn't under control in Victoria, the viability of playing the Boxing Day test in Melbourne has now come into question. Yeah. So there's been talks of well, moving. Well, not coming into question. It, they're pretty much definitely going to have to move it, aren't they? Like oh, I don't know about definitely because there is still lots of time left so yeah. they can get it under control. The um, the AFL Grand Final, which is a an event that's been hosted at the MCG as well, which I don't think is for what. How long has AFL been going around round for? I don't know. Decades and decades and decades. Oh. Longer than the Boxing Day test has been in Melbourne. Right. The AFL Grand Final has yeah. been in Melbourne. I mean, it probably would have been back yeah, when it was just a Victorian competition. So, but yeah, the, the VFL. The Grand Final has been there forever. Yeah. It is now being hosted in at the Gabba this year, I believe. Yeah. So they're already taking steps to take very prominent sporting um events that have historically always been in Melbourne, out of Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So this is a, it's a very real reality. Melbourne, uh, uh, they've come out and, you know, there's word out of Victoria saying that they're, have, they're not letting go of the Boxing Day test and they're, you know, they're going through and planning to see how they can do it safely, all this sort of stuff. But it still remains a, a very real possibility that the Boxing Day test won't be played in Victoria. I, for one, think that might be a good thing for the quality of the cricket as the MCG pitch leaves a little to be desired. But still, um, it'd be quite a shame for Boxing Day to not be at the MCG. Yeah. But the question from here goes, if not the MCG, then where? Um, yeah. Well, Sydney has the New Year's test, so you can't really give it how about how about Bathurst? <laughs> um, Carrington Oval. Carrington Oval. Yep. The sports ground. <laughs> oh man! No, not even that. I'd risk make going it, to. I'd make risk going play on George too. <laughs> I'd risk going to jail for like to go and spectate that. Like, nah, yeah. I'd do it. Um, no, uh, I got a test jersey in my wardrobe. Maybe I wore that. I might be able to sneak past them. Yeah, security guards. I don't know. So the the AFL Grand Final went to Perth 
Is that right? No, I went to the Gabba, I'm pretty sure. Brisbane. All right. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're playing the whole series. Mm. In, um, yeah. I don't think Sydney's out of the question. As yeah. as we've seen in England, they're perfectly happy to play multiple tests in um in the same loca- in the same location. Um But Sydney Sydney still has a mild problem. We're not completely clean like some states. Mm. Um, you know, we've got at this point like I don't know, about fifteen or so cases every day, maybe less, I'm mm. not sure. But yeah. So we would still have restrictions on how, how many we we could have at the SCG. Um, without going into all of the state border and isolation legislation that the different states have got, yeah, because I believe that Western Australia have quite stringent, um, yeah, border lockdowns. So I don't not, know. I don't not letting anyone in. I don't know them all, so I'm not going to. So I think that would make a very difficult location in that sense. But just judging it off that, I do think it's unrealistic to move Boxing Day to Perth. Yeah, because Perth missed out on a. Indian test for this time around because the Gabba missed out the last tour. So right. that's like the makeup one. Yeah. I do think it's unrealistic for the, the Gabba, for the, for Optus or Wacker to miss it, to, to get it because primarily it doesn't line up with the East coast time slots. Yeah. Um, and as we know, money talks and mm. especially this time with reduced crowds, you're going to want to put it on during the day when the most people are going to be able to watch it and the most people that can watch it live in New South Wales, Victoria. Yeah. So I mean, uh, people want to be able to see, uh, although I don't know whether it's going ahead, the uh, Sydney to Hobart flick over on the different channels. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, that's that's just everyone's, you know, it's, 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 it's now, a, it's it's an now a lunch break. It's a lunch break. Yeah. Whack it over to Channel 7 and yeah. let's watch I the mean, yachts get out. It's such an integral part of Australian life. I can't even think of an analogy uh, for people to compare it to who don't, who aren't from Australia, you know. Yeah, it's just it, it's, it's just a thing just, that happens. It you just know, happens. Families, it's, a, it's a rites of passage. Families get together. <laughs> they come after Christmas. It's like, yeah, you do the Christmas with your immediate even family. Even people who don't like cricket watch the Boxing Day test, the first First test. Yeah. It's just... Well, the, first, yeah, the first day or the first session or yeah. you know, before, you know, it's on, everyone's milling about, kids are running through the house yeah. in the backyard playing with the new toys, all the aunts and uncles and, you know, yeah. all that. They're all, you know, having sinking a few beers, drinking coffees, eating snacks and stuff. Yeah. And then the cricket's on in the background yeah. and then gets the lunch and then it's always, oh, it's a lunch break. Click over the city to Hobart. City to Hobart. And then you watch that yeah. and then you go, right... For the cricket fans, because there's always one. <laughs> there's always one. At it? least at one at given every spot. event yeah. that is a diehard cricket tragic that is yeah. just like looking at their watch going, ah, flick it back over. <laughs> lunch is over. It goes for 40 minutes. It's back. Cricket's back. And <laughs> no one gives a shit about the City to Hobart race. No one. Like, it, it's just there. You yeah. want to watch them leave and get yeah. started. Yeah. But they, other than that, no one's a yachting enthusiast. No, no. one keeps track of it after that point. You <laughs> yeah. just watch yeah, that do. bit. And then that and then that Absolutely. one that one cousin or the nephew or, you know, great uncle gets, all right, it's it. Put the cricket back on. They're out. And then it goes back to the cricket. That's, that's just how <laughs> Boxing Day that's works. It. Yeah. If you're not doing it, you're doing it wrong, man. Like. Yeah. And so, so because of that, I can't see them 
taking it to Perth where it'll yeah. start at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. I do think, however, what would make a whole lot of sense is if you're not going to play consecutive tests at Sydney, which A, I don't think is fair. I think what they should do is they should take the Adelaide test, give yeah. it to Perth, have yeah. a day-night test at Perth, okay, and then move Boxing Day to Adelaide. However, if you're putting a day-night test at Perth... means we'll be able to watch cricket on the East Coast until midnight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember that they had that and my little my new little one will be born, so I won't be at work. So Yeah, yeah so it's like prime time to midnight. Yeah. It's like, I think it starts at like... That. Yeah, yeah, because I remember it was they did the first day-night test uh, a couple of years ago at Perth. Yeah, and, and we it, was, were, it was great. It was just, it was just cricket the, on forever. It was awesome. at the pub, yeah. It was like, yeah. We're, so, still, we're watching Smitty take brilliant catches at Slip while we're at the <laughs> at our local establishment. Yeah, yeah so great. I think that's the that what makes the most sense is, and it's fair. Yeah, keeps everyone involved. You know, obviously it's not fair to the Victorians, but you know they can't get their act together, so they miss out. Yeah, um, but the whack. So Optus it doesn't just make sense that we're not going to take another test. Optus, it's a Massive stadium. Yeah. We've spent so much money putting it together. Why would we not take a, a test there? I know you've got to do the whole, we're only playing yeah. four, so someone's got to miss out. Yeah. And now right. you've got a, an opportunity where no one has to miss out and you've got these states where- Except maybe Hobart. Yeah, and they're always, they're always the, <laughs> they the, need the to red-headed be- stepchild of <laughs> the Australian test schedule. Yeah. You can have an ODI. We always get ODIs. We want a test match. <laughs> I, th- I don't think they're- Mainlanders. Right. <laughs> yeah, I do love Hobart though. Uh, it is—it's a great ground. It is yeah. a fantastic ground. Beautiful. Um, yeah, some of my favourite games just, I've seen have played at. There's Bell just Reef. not enough people down there um, to make it to warrant it. But and, um, and they don't have a brand new shiny stadium like like Perth do. Mm. <laughs> Uh, and if it's not the Perth, if they're not going to give it to Optus, they're like, no, 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 Optus got it last time, so we're not having two tours where they get because that's not how it works. Give it to the Whacker. Have like a yeah. Have like a you know a nostalgic throwback. a nostalgic trip to the Whacker. Right, that'd yeah. be great. Like you know, okay, you didn't say Optus, but you said nothing about the Whacker can't have it. So they give like yeah. I think that. I mean, make, did, did did they drag down all the stands around there? Like what? No, it's still an active ground. It's all still there. Right. Hmm. Okay, that's good. They're just not playing I like test cricket at anymore. I don't know how long it'll be like that for, but it makes me feel warm and fuzzy that it's all still there. <laughs> I think that makes the most sense. I do think that that's probably what's going to happen. I don't. In my head, I'm thinking that they're not going to stuff around the schedules too much and it will be that Perth misses out and either Adelaide or Sydney will get two tests. Yeah. But I think what would make the most sense is if you just, yeah, you took the Adelaide test off of Adelaide and gave it to uh, the Wacker or Optus, make it a day-night test. Yeah. And then Adelaide hosts the Boxing Day test. And if you really need to keep that time scheduling, have it start half an hour early? Yeah. Hour early. I don't remember. I can't how the, remember. All I know is Perth's three hours behind us. Yeah, yeah. And Adelaide is uh, uh, not let's that. Let's say it's about halfway there, so yeah. an hour and a half. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, and then and do that. I think yeah. that would be ideal. I would love for it to be two tests in a row at Sydney because I would, yeah. even with a three- or four-week-old baby, I'd find a way <laughs> down to watch one of them. Yeah, that's right. 
<laughs> you've, you've got that other that other uh, obstacle to uh, overcome in order to watch cricket. It's <laughs> not <laughs> so an obstacle. Babies love cricket. Yeah, it just involves sitting down for long periods of time. Yeah, I can exactly. multitask. I, I can mean, I can feed a baby while watching a test. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I need I a mean, bottle, uh, obviously, uh, but essentially, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you need a couple of anatomical changes. But <laughs> <laughs> We've already worked it out. I've already, yeah. already talked about right, it. That's you, the plan. You've actually scheduled it. Okay. That's the plan. Yeah. Take leave when, you know, it should be due yeah. late November, early December. Take leave and enough leave to get me through to, you know, hopefully end of January. <laughs> That's just an extra level of commitment. And then, yeah, then yeah. I've just got uninter... I don't have to do that pesky work thing where I miss out on the cricket. I can... <laughs> <laughs> just watch cricket and wow. look and love obviously look after my yeah my new child but yeah. yeah well do it together father father baby bonding yeah yeah you can't get better get like literally get them, them early can't get them started much early no <laughs> no exactly short of you know turning ko on on my phone and plugging headphones on my partner's belly so they can hear the hear the commentary through <laughs> that's about <laughs> it's about as early as i can go yeah yeah well yeah, I mean, he's going to have to learn to play, not to a, not necessarily to a high level. But oh, just so long he's as he's going to have to give it a crack. So long as he or she's better than me, yeah, <laughs> that's all I ask. It's yeah. not a it's not a high bar to set. Yeah, well, you know, I did get a second grade bowling award for that, my that's right. club this year. Yeah, he made sure of it. I made know. sure. <laughs> Uh, that's good. So, what do you th- what do you think? Getting back to the um, the scheduling issue, what are your thoughts on well, it, Glenn? Boxing day. Uh, no, I probably have to go with you on 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 Adelaide. Um, yeah, the I mean, the only other option would be two at the Gabba, but I just don't think they have the, the population to warrant it. If you're going to do two at the Gabba, you'll do two at Sydney. Mm. Instead, um, Brisbane or the Queensland does have a a better uh, COVID yeah um, uh, record situation. than New South Wales does, but the New South Wales has got also three or four times the population as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think there's more people live in Sydney than all of Queensland. If I got my maths right, yeah. I mean, if if you're not allowed crowds at all, you could do it in the Northern Territory for all week. Well, <laughs> you I know, what does it matter? I don't see why they wouldn't. They're allowing crowds for the National Rugby League, which is up to yeah. 25% holding. Yeah. So if you're allowed, and that's Central Coast, that's Campbelltown, that's middle of Sydney, Brisbane, wherever they're playing it, they're allowed yeah. to have crowds. So I can't see why, provided that the world doesn't, you know, yeah. Give you know, twenty twenty doesn't give us one more kick in the nuts before the end of the year. <laughs> why we wouldn't be able to have crowds. The only place I can't see is allowing to have crowds would be Victoria. Yeah. So For sure. And if you're gonna have it in a bubble Yeah. You know, and you can you can guarantee the yeah, integrity of the bubble, you might even be able to save yeah, the Boxing okay. Day in Victoria, but like what's the point of having an empty stadium for Boxing Day? You'd yeah. much rather go and play it. I, I can't, else. can't really add anything to to the argument. I mean, there'd be no point taking it to Tassie because no one can get over there and they don't have enough population over there. Um, well, you don't I'm think... Just, that, you I'm don't trying think, to think of a way you out don't think that I'm they usually could, very good at this. You don't <laughs> think that uh, Hobart could fill a stadium on Boxing Day 
for the Boxing Day test? Oh, look, it probably could. Yeah, but the problem is, uh, like, are they allowed to fill it? I don't know what the Tasmanian situation is is like, but, like, their capacity at that ground would have to be 25,000 max. If you can only get a quarter of that, it's it's almost a waste of time. You know? oh, I don't know if it would be a waste of time for all those uh, people living in Hobart that finally yeah. get to go to a test on Boxing Day. Oh, it's a beautiful ground, though. All, I, all I, I hope, all I hope, the, the thing that I hope for the most out of whatever it is, I hope that my idea is the idea they go with because I think that's it's fair. Everyone gets a go. Except for the Victorians, unfortunately. But yeah. I, what I do hope, bare, well, they can, they bare can. minimum, what happens is they put it in a venue where people can go. Yep. They can drive across the... the no, they can't. <laughs> They're not allowed to yet. No. <laughs> um, be it if Victoria gets its act together enough that the, you know, the transmissions are all under control and they go, right, we're happy to host sporting events again. So long as they're happy to host it in an arena... That yeah. has people because I can't tell you, like I know we said it in the last podcast, but I can't tell you how much it broke my heart to see James Anderson take yeah. six hundred wickets, which yeah. is a monumental achievement. Which I don't think any yeah. fast bowler, not named Stuart Broad, is going to match. Yeah. And all you heard was golf clap. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy! Like, how just just underwhelming is that? It's one of the marquee Uh, moments of modern test cricket. Like, one of the best images that have come out of cricket in the last 18 months, which is it just kills me inside, is the the sideline, like, Fox Rover view of Headingley when... Ben Stokes plays that that cut shot for four and then he holds his both his arms up aloft yeah. and the whole crowd in unison just jumps up and goes absolutely yeah. bananas yeah. with excitement. Like it's just and it's such a great moment and you can just feel like even through the TV you can yeah, feel yeah. the emotion of that. And then you oh, watch I, that. I could. I was yelling at the TV. I think oh, you probably saw yeah, you, you, you were with me. Yeah. <laughs> I was yelling for the two. But like James and like it's the six he's six hundred wicket and it might it was just a regulation, you know, yeah. ball that seen back in, yeah. jagged the bat, caught it first slip, like just had just yeah. didn't feel like anything uh, else other than it's not right. Other than Atherton going, Oh, he's not gonna drop that one. There it is, six hundred for well, James. Like it was, I mean it's it's a hard job for Atherton to try and make up for the fact that there's no crowd. Like what? What do you do as one person to try and yeah. to try and grip the amount of excitement? You know, he'd have to be jumping up and down. You know, throwing his clothes off. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. how, how do you? <laughs> it's, it's not Atherton's fault, but jumping it, 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 like, it deserved more. How than do you get the the exuberance of a crowd through one person? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so that is my yeah. minimum requirement: is that whatever they decide to do. I know they've got to ask Virat Kohli's permission, I'm sure, but so long as they put it somewhere yeah. where people can be there. Yeah. Because, I su- you know, I suppose God the forbid- far out thing is it w- would be to find a uh, regional Victorian ground. No, that wouldn't work. No. I just thought about that. No, it's not working. I don't know if there's any, but could you imagine being the only debutante? Like, let's just say 2021 is completely <laughs> normal. You know, yeah, by... 
March 2021, we've you know we've come up with a vaccine. It's a cure. Everything's yeah. great. World goes back to normal, and we go back to Melbourne. And there's a hundred thousand people at the MCG. Could you imagine being the only debutante at a Boxing Day in <laughs> at Melbourne? At, no, or even in Melbourne, and there's no one there. Yeah, they just like no, we're keeping it at the MCG because that's its home. But we won't let any crowd in, and that way everyone's going to be safe. Yeah, and just being that one guy that just walks out of that absolutely gargantuan coliseum that is the MCG. Yeah, that it, it might as well just be a you know, um, Brookmore here in Bathurst. Like, <laughs> there's there's just one guy out there. His job it is to clean. Like they all like, talk about it, just just the wave of noise mm. and the feeling of just being everyone around you going out there, and like if, even if it's intimidating, yeah. Even those players that feel intimidated by that enjoy that whole yeah aspect, just the atmosphere a, a, of the experience. Boxing Day, the experience of Boxing yeah. Day, and then just walking out to an empty stadium because we've decided that it would be better for. Mm. Victoria to host it in an empty stadium than be to move it somewhere where yeah. people could go watch. Unfortunately, I feel like that might be what ends up happening. I, you know, Victorians uh, are kind of possessive of that kind of thing. They're mental. Yeah. <laughs> um, to then to say, oh, you know, I mean, for one, they definitely wouldn't want to give it to Sydney. I mean that. That rivalry is well established, but I think there's. I mean, they they wouldn't be all that happy about giving it to Adelaide either. No, they just yeah. Melburnians don't like people from Adelaide. I it's it's, it's like the Scottish and the Melbourne, other Scottish. Melburnians don't like people from Ballarat. Yeah, <laughs> or Geelong. Like. Nobody nobody feuds Mel- worse than the Scots and the English. Well, the Scots and the Irish. Well, the Scots and the other Scots. <laughs> Simpsons quote for everything that happens in life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I suppose, yeah, we're going around in circles now. So that's my yeah. that's my plan, just summing it up um, again. Yeah. Move the Adelaide test to Perth, make it a day-night. That'll be awesome. Cricket till yeah. midnight here on the East Coast. Loving life. Yep. Move Boxing Day from Melbourne to Adelaide. Everyone, all the major players that can have a go are getting a go. Yeah. Happy as Larry. Got a crowd. Um, what I think will happen, most likely I think thing will happen, is that Sydney or Adelaide, probably Adelaide, will host two tests. Yeah. Um, and then so they'll play two tests in a row at Adelaide and then move to Sydney. Yeah. Um, or they'll play two, you know, they'll move from Adelaide and then play two tests in Sydney. I think that's probably the two most likely outcomes yeah or coming back through from there if victoria don't go on a sharp improvement rather soon we will have a boxing an empty boxing day test in yeah. victoria which doesn't help anyone so nope but it'll probably happen <laughs> well here's go he's going that um the, yeah the, whatever craziness is going on in that government sorts yeah. itself out victorians who honestly deserve it can get their lives yeah. turning back to normal. And then, yeah, by the time, what a great Christmas present it could be to all Victorians that they've put up with just the absolutely ludicrous things that they've had to put up with yeah. and get a Boxing Day test where maybe not all of them can go, but, you know, 25,000 out of the yeah. 100,000 that can fit in can go. We'll keep an eye on the situation and let you and all our listeners know. I'm sure yeah. in the world, the way the world is with the access to the internet, you'll find out before we do, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, if we we'll talk an about it anyway. Cutting edge. 
Um, so that'll do us for another week. Uh, next week, we'll do one about... I'm assuming we'll do one about the ODIs. We might even have Gary back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping so. <laughs> if, he's, um, if his diviness is finished on whatever he's doing tonight. <laughs> You had you had you had to have a little crack. He's uh, not going to enjoy all the all the all the shtick we've been giving him in this episode. But that'll do us for another night. We'll uh, come back and talk to you all next week. And in the meantime, I hope you stay safe, enjoy the cricket, and bye for now. Okay, see you guys. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.